Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. We remind you, listeners, that our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm blessed to be one of the co-hosts. My name is Jim Good, and I am joined by Gian and Chad. How are you, fellas? Hey, Jim. Hey, hey Jim. Man, I hope you guys are doing well. Real excited to uh, be playing the episode with Richie McKay. Uh, number one, I'm a basketball guy, so it means a lot to me. But as we were talking off air, the episode with Richie, Coach McKay, is, is not a long episode, but a powerful episode. And there's a few people in my life that when I leave, I get better. And these 25 minutes, Coach, I can promise you, you are going to leave better. He is going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. His vulnerability of just sharing what God has done in his life, how pain and adversity was one of his biggest teachers and how he leans into that. But uh, Coach does an amazing job just getting real with himself, with God, and sharing the importance of being in his presence. And we're called to be human doing, excuse me, human beings, not human doings. And he shares kind of just that intimate private time. Uh, anything else to add, guys? This morning, this morning, I was re-listening to this one on the bike. And the thing that struck me was as he was talking about the PhD, um, as he's growing in life, you know, and the lessons that God's teaching him that he's uh, nearing the PhD now. And, and uh, you know, he kind of made a comment and says that God loves you so much that he, he might allow you to go through these hard things. And uh, and that that really spoke to me. But, um, yeah, I think just you can hear his kindness to, to, to Gian as he was interviewing throughout this one and his, uh, you know, he is that kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I was, I was a student when he came to Liberty and so just a big fan and learned so much from him, tried to copy a lot of what he, he said and did. And uh, I was on campus last fall and uh, in November and, and bumped into him at Starbucks. And I was just uh, honored to have a 10-minute conversation with him as he takes the time just to get to know people and share Christ's love even as he's out and about. So, yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, I call myself lucky to be able to interact with Richie, you know, a couple couple times every month. He comes to the tennis courts and plays tennis, though his forehand is not very good. Um, he still keeps trying, which is which is good for him. Um, but it's like like what Jim said, every time I have an interaction with him, I leave better than when that interaction started. He just makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. He gives you eye contact. He never strays away. He never looks at his phone. I still think he has a flip phone, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, and I just I just love every interaction I have with Richie. And I hope that you guys, if you've listened to this interview before, that you enjoy it again. But if this is your first time listening to Richie McKay, I am 100% positive that you're going to love this conversation that's coming to you right now. Coach McKay, thank you so much for being in the Christian Coach Podcast. We like to start every talk with a power question, and that's what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, Gene, first, thanks for having me on. And, uh, I'm hoping that because we've been uh, able to work together on this campus uh, at this unbelievable university that maybe doing this podcast, you'll give me an hour's worth of lessons. Uh, that you sounds, know how, that you sounds know good. Although my, my backhand might need 
an hour a day for the next 10 years. Um, what's it mean to be a Christian coach? To, to me, I, I just think, it, you know, John Maxwell said it best when he said leadership can be summed up in one word, and that's influence. And I, I think for us, the believer, uh, we get a chance, we get afforded the privilege to, uh, to influence others. And whether that's the young men and women God has uh, granted us the opportunity to steward or to shepherd, um, or maybe it's walking along some of our peers or uh, those in which that are on the campus that maybe don't have the, the same title we do. I just think it's a, it's a great chance to influence through the kingdom because you and I both know this, GNU. We were never created for ourselves. We were created to glorify God and, uh, and illuminate the kingdom of heaven. So I think for me, if the age old, uh, saying is true that you can never give away what you don't possess. For me, being a Christian coach means uh, being full of God's word and more importantly, uh, the Holy Spirit's present in my, presence in my life in order that I could influence well. Yeah. Let me follow up on that. And what are some of the strategies that you use and that you have in your daily routine that allows you to stay filled with God's word and that that way you can, you know, you can pour it out into staff and players and family. Yeah, it, it's a fight. Uh, let's, let's be <laughs> candid. Uh, I think the enemy, John Gordon has the five D's uh, that the enemy uses to thwart our pursuit. The first is uh, distract. He loves to distract us. Get a, he loves to get our attention onto something else. Loves to get us chasing a different glory. Uh, another is to divide. If he can get in the midst of a relationship of ours that's important and, uh, and, and divide our house, then, then obviously that could be dangerous. Uh, the third would be discourage. If there's something that happens in our day or in our week that you know, the enemy can use to discourage us and uh, therefore people can't see the joy of the Lord in us, that, that makes our pursuit a, a lot more difficult. Um, the fourth is doubt. Uh, man, when we're in coaching and you go through one of those seasons, uh, whether a player or a coach, where you're, you're just not confident in your team or in yourself, that, that weak voice of doubt, can go, it goes from a whisper to a scream. Yeah. And I think it's our charge to continue to, uh, to fight for what God's word says about us. And then uh, lastly, uh, Discouraged. I say discouraged. You said discouraged. Divide, doubt. I don't think you said divided. Okay. Divide. Uh, The Bible says uh, a house divided cannot stand. Yeah. So so to avoid or avert or to overcome the Ds, uh, I think it's critically important to get in his presence. And the hardest fight for me is to make the time to be quiet. Uh, so I can hear from God because I'm a doer G and you and I are probably both the same. Yes. Uh, Coaches are really competitive and um, I got great advice in marital counseling. Once Um, the guy said that um, you could be so right in what you say, but say it in such a way that it never gets heard. So uh, uh, that 
and my propensity to want to fix things can be detriments to, uh, to really honor the Lord and what he's called me to. Uh, can I say one more thing lastly? Yeah. To answer your question. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm fighting for intimacy uh, in my quiet time with the Lord. And part of that quiet time has to be where I just listen that I don't do, I just be. And in that, and there's a, there's a piece that I think um, comes over me and I kind of get out of the way and hopefully God's spirit is starting to lead my day. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. Um, following you around, being around you for so many years now, you, you always mention pursuit over perfection. Yeah. What does that mean to you and the program? Yeah, great question. Uh, going back to my last answer about being doers, uh, fixing, striving, I, I think it's, it's part of our, it's, it's part of the way we were created. God created us to glorify him. The problem is, like I alluded to, sometimes we chase other glories. And I, I think in this day and age where the social media presence the instant gratification formula, uh, the world's opinion or view of success, I, I think it can dissuade us from, from you know, thinking that if, if we're not perfect, or maybe it may all even say it a little bit more vulnerably, if we don't give the appearance that we got it all together, I, I think it can cripple us. You know, we wear these masks so that other people will fall in love with the version of ourselves that we want them to see. Um, so God really broke me of that through a verse in his word, Hebrews eleven six, that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it goes on to say, and he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, if you substitute that word, because they're very similar in meaning without trust, it's impossible to please him. So we have a, a we have a saying in our program, it's not truth that transforms, it's trusted truth that transforms. So for me, that pursuit over perfection means that man, I'm going to continuously try and be the best version of myself that God's called me to be. Uh, but when I don't, when I miss the mark, I'm, I'm going to be remorseful, but I'm not going to live in shame. And I'd say in closing, that's where a lot of us live. We live in the shame that we're not good enough, that this image that we want people to think or believe about us is uh, if, if, we, if we don't give that presentation, they're not gonna love us as much. And man, that's, there's, there's it's no way to live. Yeah. It's yeah. by grace that we had been saved. That just adds unnecessary pressure on our lives. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> um, Obviously, you've turned around here, Liberty's program, very fast. So my next question is about recruiting. Um, what, what are you looking for in players, um, first and foremost? What, what is your strategy for finding those recruits and being able to bring them to campus and, and get them to buy into a, 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 a culture that is not very often seen elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. Gian, thanks for the compliment. But I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you Number one, God's allowed us this, uh, this climb and, and the little bit of success that we've had. And I'm blessed with unbelievable people around me. Like I know the value of men and women like you who maybe operate or mire in the invisible, 
but do an incredible job of relationship building and supporting our culture and our vision. So uh, I don't want to name all of our staff because I'd miss someone, but Sam Thomas, Zach Farquhar, Joe Pierre, uh, Jake Webb, Chelsea Mangino, uh, Brad Susie, Kevin Anderson, Joe Pierre, Derek Johnson, Rebecca Ray. I have some of the best of the best, Henry Barrera, that are around me. And they do such a great job of equipping our student athletes. It's, it's really amazing. I learned from them. Uh, but one of the things that we have been intentional about is not paying any attention or disregarding the, the star by a player's name. Uh, we, we try and evaluate based on the things that we value in our program. That's teamship. No, it's not a word. But it's that ability to play uh, for something bigger than yourself. It's, uh, it's, we, don't, we don't try to bring someone into Liberty that at least doesn't have a, a conscientiousness about growing in their faith. Um, we, we really try and get all in for the team guys. Brad Stevens, who's a mentor of mine from afar, uh, he said about um, your, your descriptive being a teammate, you're either a great teammate and fully invested or you're not. And I think it makes it real plain. If you're not fully invested in the us, it's probably going to be a uh, oil and water mix here. So, uh, man, God's been so good. You know this. You recruit the Liberty. Yeah. This place attracts a fabulous student athlete. And we're the benefactor of that. So I think because of our mission and the, yep, the resources in terms of the buildings and the facilities, all that's great. But the best thing about Liberty is the people and that genuine, authentic pursuit of being a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think we've just tried to recruit the fit, if you will. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see that it, it's uh, visible on the, on the court. I don't get to see practices, but when, when you guys are performing in front of thousands on TV, you can see that everyone is playing for each other. So no, thank you. Well, you're welcome to come to practice anytime you want. <laughs> and if you can still shoot the three, maybe we can get Oof. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next question is about um, the support staff and specifically Brad Susie. Um, yeah. In a world of college athletics where – assistant coaches are always looking to move on and, and become a head coach somewhere. Um, you've been together for over 25 years now, yeah. which is almost unheard of in, in, a, in a world of college athletics. I've been here with Coach Marin for this is our ninth year, and I get questions all the time. Hey, when are you going? When are you going? And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I, I trust him. I trust what Liberty is all about. And so um, tell me a little bit more about that relationship what it means to you and the importance of having people that you can do life together for so many years. Yeah. Gene, if you've been with coach Marin for nine years, did you start when you were six? <laughs> no, <laughs> not fair, man. You, you look like you're a student still. And, uh, uh, and congratulations. Cause you guys have a fabulous program as well. Thank you. I, um, uh, there's a, there's a phenomenal collection of coaches at Liberty. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny cause if we weren't careful, we could compete against each other's success and it'd be really hard to feel good about yourself yeah. because of the elite nature that Ian McCall and his staff have put together. And uh, yours is certainly uh, exemplary of that pursuit of excellence. Thank you. Um, with regard to Brad, I'm, I'm glad you asked. We have a unique relationship. It's a friendship. And uh, he's, a, he's a wonderful human being. Uh, I learn daily from him. 
his ability to serve and not be served is, uh, is elite. And it's a testament that he's chosen to sacrifice his title or his position of power in order to help, again, be a part of this vision and this, this cause. So I'm incredibly thankful for him. We're really like brothers. Uh, we get mad at each other. Um, we'll argue or disagree. Uh, but uh, we, we know each other's love for, uh, for God and for one another. Well, my wife was in the, the room of each one of his kids' uh, births, Michaela, uh, Levi, and Mariah. And uh, his wife was in the room of our latter two, Luke and uh, Gabriel. So needs to say our, our friendship is uh, it's like family. And uh, I'd say two last things about that. Uh, Kendra passed away, as you know, in uh, late August. And uh, to see her and Brad go through the 22 months of battling cancer was admirable. The way uh, they believed God for uh, what his will was, was, again, a testimony. Um, and I'll say lastly in that is I heard a quote, uh, family isn't just represented in your blood relatives but it's anyone that loves you unconditionally. In Brad's unconditional love for me and uh, in the way he's, uh, the way he's manifested, manifested that, it's been exemplary. And I'm very thankful uh, for all that he's done in, um, in making my life better, as well as the lives of the players that God's privileged us to coach. Well, thank you so much for opening up about that. I know it's a special relationship, so. Yeah. Um, I have a question. You, you came from, from New Mexico after getting let go there in a situation that you've shared before in other conversations that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, and then you came to Liberty for the first time. Then you moved to UVA and then came back. But my question is, what was God teaching you through that transition from New Mexico to Liberty, where it's a big name program at that point? to Liberty now, where it wasn't so known everywhere. Um, what, what was your, what was God teaching you through that moment, through that situation? Yeah, Gene, great question. Um, full disclosure, uh, New Mexico was my dream job. It's where my dad played. I always wanted to play there. My dad was uh, my idol growing up. And uh, so when I wasn't good enough to play there, I always wanted to coach there. And, God gave me the desire of my heart, and I thought that this is it. After year three, uh, I signed a contract extension. We moved to a different house. I thought this is where I was going to retire, and I was only in my 40s. Uh, and, and God just he took me into the classroom, and, uh, and he taught me in that classroom. And some of the things he taught me is that whatever you think can fulfill you that this world has to offer you're mistaking and not career pursuit um winning uh position or popularity uh, man I, I i it was it was the coming to the end of myself at new mexico uh whereas i thought hey god i'm you give me this, I'm going to serve you so well. And uh, real, real, real talk, I was, I was serving myself. 
And the pressure became so much on me that I isolated. Um, I, I, I was on my own island. And man, I didn't, it, it was time for me to go when uh, the athletic director said that he wanted to make a change. Because at that point in my life, uh, it was a low, it was a real low. And uh, when he brought me to New Mexico or from New Mexico to Liberty, um, I was so blessed. Uh, Dr. Farwell Sr., um, he hired me and I only knew him for a month, but I admired him for the brief time we had together. And what I learned in that process, it was God's uh, way of moving me from the eighth grade to the ninth grade. And uh, then the UVA stopped and man, I'm, I'm getting close to a PhD in this uh, surrender to myself thing. Uh, but it's something that we all have to go through. And if we won't choose it ourselves, he loves us so much that he'll make sure we get to that classroom because he loves us. And I would just say, man, put your books under your arm, take your backpack off, pull out your computer and spend some time in, uh, in really diving into what his word says about you because, and there is where the freedom lies. Yeah. And graduation occurs. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Coach McKay. We, we like to end every talk with uh, asking you for prayer. Um, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, well, thank you again for having me on, Jen. Your, uh, your reputation precedes you, man. I love, uh, whenever I see you, I think of humility in the way you always have a smile on your face. Um, you're always concerned about someone else. So uh, thank you for your witness. I, I would just say, uh, for me, we're, we're in a season of life. You know, again, my wife lost her best friend in Kendra Susie. And, uh, and we're in a season of life where uh, I, I just want to get it right. I want, I want God's will for, uh, for my, my life and our family uh, more so than I want to chase um, whatever I think might make me happy. So if you would just pray that I keep God on the throne and, uh, and attentive to uh, what his word says about me and, uh, and then my responsibility to, uh, to give my life away, that would, that would be well appreciated. That's great. All right, let's pray real quick. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for being in the center of it, Lord. I pray that you'll be with Coach McKay and the men's basketball program as they continue the season here, Lord, that they will glorify you and honor you with their play every time they step out on the court. And uh, Lord, I pray for the Susie family as they transition to a new stage of their lives now, Lord. After uh, losing Kendra, I pray that you, you help them to, to find comfort in you and in others that surround them with love unconditionally. And pray for the McKay family that they will get their priorities right, that you will be on the throne of their lives and, um, and controlling every decision that they make from here on out. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.